Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry because I feel like it and I can. If you care, this is being recorded late may oh my god it's almost it's almost june i'm already freaking out but anyway let's plug today's sponsor today's sponsor is go fast don't suck so you can get your dry fire targets your match jerseys uh hats um your memes if you want some memes go go check out the spicy memes lately um he holds no punches so i i cannot promise you anything so go check out gofastdontsuck.net and get everything you need without further ado let's introduce today's guest he is a repeat but not a bad repeat we got mr zach greenier of uh, the Trident Armory shooting team. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing very well. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me again. Well, thank you for coming back on. Um, a lot has changed. Well, not a lot has changed. A decent amount has changed to bring you back on. So I appreciate that. No problem. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a real good time. So guys, buckle up. Let's get jiggy with it. So Zach, we had you on with the rest of the team earlier this year, I think right after the, it was right before the match launched or right after the match launch? Shortly after the launch. Yeah. So, we, we had them everyone on, and that was a great episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back. But we're going to deep dive with Zach today. A lot so of Zach, good stuff. So for everyone who didn't catch that episode or doesn't follow the internet, who is Zach, and how did uh, you get into shooting? Yes, my name is Zach Rainier. Uh, I grew up shooting, actually. Mom and dad always bring me to the range at a young age. Um, <clears throat> nothing really too intense. It was more just kind of getting ready for the hunting season. Um, we would go out several times a year and sight in our rifles and, and do a little bit of um, uh, bullseye shooting and things like that. But so I never really got involved with the competitive shooting until later on, actually, when I moved back from, uh, from Connecticut after finishing up uh, med school. Uh, one of my buddies uh, brought me to the range and introduced me into uh, USPSA, and it was a very slippery slope from there. Um, I'm not even sure if I made it home before I bought my first gun uh, from the range that night. So I jumped in full speed and uh, haven't looked back. That was around 2000, 2017, I believe it was, when I first got introduced into the sport. Nothing wrong about that. I mean, we all buy that crazy gun bug and uh, it probably wasn't the first, you probably, probably your first gun, but not your last gun that you bought for competition. Recently. Absolutely not. No, yeah, you, you've been spending it some big need to escalate in time. Oh yeah. You've been spending big Ugu bucks on uh, open <laughs> guns lately. So Throwing money at the problems. Exactly. Who, who, who needs uh, everything else? We just need open guns, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And reloading presses. Cause we, if you can't run an open gun without reloading press, you have to have that. It is a necessity. Mm-hmm. Even JB realized that he needed reloading press. So he won that reloading press. Oh, did he now? Well, his brother did. Nick won it off from one of our raffles. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Jay has ended up with it. So he is, uh, he's slowly getting into reloading from what I've gathered. And, uh, but he only has to reload like seven rounds a year to keep up with his pace. So I think we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, that's pretty much true. He's probably stockpiled all the primers um, over in his 100,000 in primers, but shoots four rounds a year. It's good. Yeah, well, just because he's so close to Canada, he probably can sneak them over the border. Correct. Right. Like yeah. when you live a little blip on the map, like if you look, if anyone notices, if you ever anyone knows where Jay lives, like it's like right there, like like ten minutes. I swear to God, it's got to be like ten minutes to the border. It's still like two hours from us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you got to go all the way downstate for you. Oh, it's a haul. Yeah. Yeah. Find the coast and keep going north. 
Yep, exactly. So what was, um, when you were growing up, were you just like 22s or more um, hunting rifles? <clears throat> it was a little mixture of both. I would say in the off season, when it wasn't hunting season, we were, uh, um, you know, just your typical plinking, seeing, you know, shooting at golf balls or uh, golf tees or cans or things like that at camp. Nothing really too serious at all. But uh, dad always, you know, I always grew up around firearms and uh, learned how to utilize them safely from an early age. Um, he introduced me to reloading when I was probably seven or eight with shotgun rounds. So we, we started reloading very, very early and, uh, I really learned an appreciation from him and just to spend that time with mom and dad out on the range was something I, I definitely cherish and has, has, uh, kind of developed what we're doing now with our kids too, with the, getting them involved with it. So mm -hmm. and that's so, pretty cool to even be seven or eight years old learning to reload. Like, yeah, it's pretty wild. I don't know if, uh, <laughs> DHS would probably have a, a field day with us now if we were doing that, but all right, yeah, it was fair game. Yeah, well, you know, just, and that's interesting because I've, I, it's interesting if you think about reloading like shotgun, like it's all the different components. It's not like reloading pistol ammunition. It's like, oh, no, it's like, no. it was neat going into it. Yeah. No, so that's pretty cool. Now, um, do you still dabble in rifles at all or is it all just pistol game now? So I, I mean, growing up with it, uh, obviously that was, that was kind of my, my forte. Um, and I used to start with resident goose season and go all the way through into um, winter coyote hunting. Uh, so we, we kind of did it all. Um, and then I went to uh, move down to Connecticut, my wife and I, um, I went down to Yale School of Medicine for, uh, for med school. And obviously not a lot of opportunity at that point to be able to uh, spend much time in the field and, and hunting. Um, if I came back for like Thanksgiving break, I would try to get out for, uh, for a duck hunt or something like that. But by the time that I finished up and we moved back here and we started having a family, um, it just uh, kind of lost the interest for whatever reason, nothing in particular, um, but still really enjoyed firearms. So I was still going to the range a fair bit and, and doing that, but the, um, I wasn't quite as intrigued with hunting for whatever reason, just kind of worked away from it. So it's been probably, uh, I'm going to say eight, nine years since, uh, since I've hunted or anything. Yep. I don't blame you. Cause that's how kind of how I grew up. You know, we all hunted like deer and stuff down here and yeah, then absolutely. It just like, you just run out of time or find other things to do like, or better things to do. Like, like girls, like you know, <laughs> girls. Yeah. All the things. Exactly. Um, yeah. For whatever reason. So I, I usually leave the house pretty early uh, to start my day. I'm usually up by 4.15 and head to the gym by 5.15 or so. Um, so I do that five days a week. And then to then get up early on a Saturday morning and leave my kids and my wife and, and go out hunting, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't something that interested me. So I think uh, kind of learned over time what really what my values were and, and where I wanted to divulge my time. And uh, hunting just wasn't, wasn't it for me. So yeah, exactly. Now you just said you go to the gym five times a week. So I'm assuming Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday. Yeah. And what kind of sparked you to go, you know, be such of a, a gymaholic, if I can call it that. Right. Uh, I think it started pretty young. So it was probably like high school. Uh, so I played football, played hockey uh, all throughout, uh, through growing up and through high school and club, uh, club league. Um, so it started pretty early on. It was probably like my senior year, I guess, in, in high school. And then freshman year in college, uh, I really kind of dived into it. Uh, it was probably three days a week, maybe four days a week at some time. And then uh, just kind of continued to build on that. Um, it's just such a stress reducer for me. Uh, that's my time to just get in there. You know, nobody messes with me. I can just uh, to get in and clear my mind and, and uh, get a good lift in. I really enjoy starting the day that way. So mm -hmm. I've uh, always got there early and, and finished up before the day really starts for most people, which makes it nice. Right. So are you more of a big heavy lifter or do you mix in some cardio? 
A little bit of both. Uh, definitely running is not, not my thing. You are never going to see me out on the road running unless somebody's chasing me. So not, uh, not a ton of cardio focus aside from some like elliptical and some treadmill work and, uh, you know, maybe a stationary bike or something like that just to warm up or, or a cool down. Uh, the majority of it is, uh, is, uh, is weight training for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, um, where do you, where has that, um, mentality of going to the gym five t- days a week, um, really helped your shooting? I think just the discipline, right? So I mean, it's, it, it is so easy to do, hear the alarm go off and say, you know what, not today, it's not going to happen. But um, I think the way that I, I've looked at that, as well as looking at shooting, is each day that you're slacking off and, and not making the most of what there's in front of you, somebody else is, is bypassing you. You know, they're, they're in the passing lane and you are uh, going to be left behind. So that's kind of been my mentality with with a lot of things, you know, not only with my career, but also with, uh, with shooting and lifting and um, hopefully allowed me to have what success I've had thus far. Mm-hmm. And it's probably, it puts you probably at a decent advantage over most of your competitors. Cause you are physically fit. You don't have that dad bod going on. <laughs> I'm fighting for it. I will not, I will not cave into the dad bod. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it really sucks is when people want to be successful in the sport, like, like a lot of people and they just like, they don't have the discipline to maintain themselves or I'll say it. I'm, I'm getting some weight. I don't know. COVID was like really fucking with me. I lost a bunch <laughs> of weight in the beginning of COVID. Now I'm like, it's trickling back and I'm like, what the hell? But I, it's I think year account. one, most people called it the uh, the COVID nineteen, but COVID's been going on for two and a half years. So it's it's morphing into the COVID forty or the COVID fifty at this point for some. Exactly, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what changed in my body to not be able to lose weight, but it's weird. But besides that, so are you are you a deadlift guy or bench press or what? Yeah, yeah, we kind of switched it up. So usually um, we will go uh, on eight, eight week rotations where we're either going to be hitting either uh, high weight, low rep, or we'll switch it up and go lightweight, high rep. Uh, so we're constantly trying to be in a state of more muscle confusion um, by switching it up every six to eight weeks or so. Um, so usually it's uh, it's it's uh, National Chest Day on Friday, so we always hit chest focus on Friday. Tuesday we hit legs, and usually start with some type of a compound movement, whether it be usually squats is how we'll start, maybe a box squat or something like that. <clears throat> and then uh, Wednesday we'll do um, that's the one we'll switch up. It's either going to be uh, an arm focus or a shoulder focus, and then on Friday is always back day, and we'll start with a compound workout as well. So usually we're going to be doing deadlifts on uh, on Fridays. So. I like to go heavy when we can. I'm not a power lifter by any stretch, but, but do enjoy uh, throwing some weight around when we can. Awesome. Now you, when you say we, do you have like a, a training partner or do you have like a coach? <clears throat> yeah, there's a group of us. So, um, I mean, our gym is a pretty tight knit community and you get to know everybody that's there and, uh, you know, kind of starts out early. If you see somebody needs a spot or needs a hand jumping in to be able to assist when you can, um, <clears throat> But then it just became, it became more than that. You know, it was a place to be able to catch up and, and meet people. And I've, I've developed some really great friendships from that. Some of my best friends are people I go to the gym with five days a week. And, and just to not only have that, that person beside you pushing you along and, and challenging you to, to, to make that next goal or hit that next weight, um, but there to support you through it too. So the camaraderie plus the, somebody to, to drive you and say, it's just weight, lift it. Mm-hmm. Now, have you uh, started any of the conversations with some of these guys at the gym about <clears throat> firearms or USPSA? I have actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think living in Maine, that's a pretty open topic. Uh, you're pretty safe to do that the majority of the time. Uh, certainly within my, my practice, that's something I'd, I'd never bring up unless uh, one of my patients brings it up for themselves. But uh, the gym's a pretty safe, uh, safe atmosphere to bring something like that up. Um, so yeah, the people that, uh, that uh, I lift with, they have uh, been involved, have purchased firearms, have come to a couple of matches with me. Um, 
one of my good buddies is a pastor at one of the local churches and his church sponsors our match. He's also a veteran, uh, but this is his second year supporting our match. Um, so it's been nice to bring more people in. Um, so all the people at the gym are people that support us uh, in the match as well, which is really cool. That is really cool. And it's nice to be able to openly talk about that really without any, you know, restrictions because of where you live, you know, it's kind of nice. It's not like you live in a behind enemy lines, essentially, even, <laughs> even though cautious. you live. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, but that's really cool. So, so Zach, who have you taken any formal um, training when it comes to USPSA? I have. Yeah. I've been fortunate. I think listening from podcasts early on, uh, most people are going to say like, if, if, if you, are willing to invest the time in the sport, be willing to invest the right amount of time and with the right focus. And that always comes back to training. There's somebody out there that knows more than you about the, uh, more than you about the sport uh, and reaching out to them. I mean, the, the, the cool thing with the sport is we can, you know, you're, you're going to nationals, you're going to these big matches and you're competing against the best of the best, right? It's like going out there and throwing a football with, with Tom Brady or whoever. I mean, you can just go up there and they're so open to be able to ask questions. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, they're, they're willing to come out and obviously for, for money, but uh, nonetheless, they're willing to come out and teach classes for you. So, um, yeah, I, I took, I've taken, I've hosted Steve Anderson, I think three or four times. Uh, I've done the mental management course. Um, I was incredibly fortunate enough to be invited down to uh, the Infinity Experience down in Gordon, Texas, uh, I believe three years ago uh, by Brandon and um, just had a great opportunity, great experience down there. Uh, Lescar Murdoch was there, Gianni was there, Bill Drummond was there, Mel was there. Um, so you're, you're, I got some excellent coaching from, from some of the best in the sport for sure. Um, <clears throat> and then after leaving the Infinity Experience, uh, which is an incredible time. Uh, I knew that I wanted to get more information from, from Bill Drummond, uh, just an incredible educator, uh, really, really poised and on the range and able to get his point across uh, during a class. So we had him up here last year to teach a class as well. Um, and I'm taking a class from Mason Lane uh, this summer. We're heading down to New Hampshire. And actually Bill Drummond's coming back. He's flying in tomorrow uh, to teach us a class this weekend. So we're excited to have him back again. That will be cool, especially when you, you know, you can learn a bunch from these guys and still want to bring them back and learn some more. You know, there's always that nugget that you never get the first time. Yep. Yeah. So this is part two. This is advanced class. Um, and it's just amazing. I mean, once you have somebody that actually can identify what your strengths and what your weaknesses are and how to implement changes on the range, um, your trajectory to improve is just, you know, uh, unmatched. Um, so it's been, been very, very beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then we're already planning ahead for next year. Hope to uh, um, get Kevin Grossby and David Wampler out here for a class, uh, part of the Atlas team as well. So we're hoping to, to do a summit with some of the Atlas guys and uh, learn from them as well. It's been, uh, been very fortunate to, to know a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It has been very cool, and it's nice to be able to see you've been able to – you've been able to adapt with Atlas as the match sponsor, you know, coming and helping you last year, being the title sponsor this year, um, and then even um, um, allowing you and Chris to join the team – yeah, that's been huge, man. It's been unbelievable. We're incredibly, incredibly fortunate. Yeah, and you've been able to mold and you're going to be able to network with a lot more people and get out there. It's really, it's really exciting to see. Oh, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. It's been a whirlwind for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we always meet people on the internet, right? You know, through social media and Instagram. Has there been anybody that you've like, oh, I want to meet that person and then actually have met them in person? <clears throat> 
I think everybody would say, you know, Christian has been really cool to be able to see his progression in the sport and then just be completely dominant uh, in the sport um, and then be able to meet him at nationals. He's just so, you know, really, really humble being able to go up to talk with him. Uh, always, you know, makes it a priority to come out and, uh, and say hello whenever he sees me in a match, which is uh, really, really humbling. It's very nice. Mm -hmm. That's been cool. And obviously the greats, JJ and Max. <clears throat> and then you think about some of the, uh, some of the local, uh, some of the, the up and coming talent too, like, you know, Kevin and Wampler and Chris Gelnet um, to be able to shoot with some of them has been really, really uh, uh, inspiring too. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's, it's kind of cool to, you know, to see the change in the sport and people rising up out of nowhere, every, you know, and everyone starts somewhere in the bottom at like C class Absolutely. or D class. And then they're like, within a couple of years, they're like knocking on GM or knocking on match wins. And yep. Yep. It's, it's insane. What, how, how some little bit of determination and addiction um, kind of fuel everyone's progression. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that just keeps motivating you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's cool to see the drive going on. So we, as we just, we talked about a minute ago, you have joined team Atlas. So you want to go over the gear now, because it's changed since the last time <clears> we <throat> talked. <laughs> It has. I've been really fortunate to shoot some great guns over the last uh, the last two years. Um, obviously, with Atlas, it has been uh, phenomenal to have them on board. Last year, the timing couldn't have been better. We had reached out to Adam just at the perfect timing, and uh, we were humbled to hear that he was interested in what we're doing with our benefit match and raising money for veterans. Uh, and they jumped all in. You know, they were incredibly supportive throughout the entire process. Um, they sent a huge, a huge portion of the Atlas uh, Gunworks team up to Maine to, to compete. We had two full squads that were just the Atlas team. Um, but the big thing is that their raffle, their raffle raised over $16,000 for our, our benefit match last year. It was unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> Chris has shot Atlas right from the start uh, when the V2, the Chaos V2 came out. He was one of the first ones on the list to get one. And uh, as soon as he brought it to the range, uh, I had to try this thing. Right. Um, and it is, it is unbelievable. Um, it's really well balanced. It's weighted. Well, the return to zero is unlike anything for me, the gun just shoots better than, than, than what I've had in, uh, previously. Um, and it, it was, a, it was an easy decision, right? So I had a gun that, uh, that shot really well for me. Uh, I loved how it performed. I loved how it transitioned, how it felt. They also had supported us. Uh, so I was all about going and getting a V2. Um, so I got my first uh, my first V2 probably about four weeks ago, maybe six, maybe six weeks ago. And uh, I've had a great time shooting that. Um, I've shot quite a few matches and, uh, and a major already with it. And uh, it's just running really, really well. Um, and then I got my uh, my backup gun actually came in, uh, came in today. So this one, I went with the, uh, the two-tone, that was the hard chrome. And I'm running a 38 Super Comp. Um, but they have been just a phenomenal gun. Uh, really, really enjoying them. So yeah, happy with them. It is pretty cool, especially since you were shooting, uh, you know, SVs before. So you got all that 38 super comp brass, or are you one of those guys you shoot it out of the gun and just leave it there? I am not. No, no. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have that deep of pockets, I guess. So I am a range chicken and picking up my brass thereafter. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that, though, as long as you're not holding up the squad in front of you, I guess. Well, you wait till the end of the match, right? That's the benefit of being a match director, right? Well, it's worked out well. So I mark all mine with the uh, the Range Panda brass marker, mm -hmm. with a red ring on it. <clears throat> so at the end of the end of the, uh, the match, people come up handing me my brass. It's a beautiful thing. That is kind of nice. It's, it's pretty it's, nice. And, you know, you know, they make those rifle attachments for the, the bag over the ejection port. It's too bad. There's no way to just like perfectly aim some device. Right. It just automatically runs around the range after just catching brass after you. I think if Chris could just, I know mean, you can't catch very well or throw very well, but I think uh, we might be able to make him 
train him to be able to pick up my brass a little bit better. I mean, that, that's a possibility. Or children. <laughs> that's what children are for. Right, right. They're the right height. They just got to stand there and just... Yep. <laughs> so you, from going to those super customized SV guns to the Atlas, um, how much of a weight difference was there? I think it ended up being five or six ounces more uh, on the Atlas. I did weigh them. I think, I think this ended up what it ended up being about five or six ounces. Now, is it just kind of where the weight now in hand, you can tell the difference noticeably then? Yeah, I feel like, you know, it's more weight bias forward. So it helps kind of just drive the muzzle down also helps to drive with the transitions on that. Um, and then having the variance with the ability to change out the palm swell, whether if you want like a full palm swell on there, if you can see that or not. Oh, yep. So okay. that's a full palm swell. And then I've got a half palm swell on the weekend side. So it's fully customizable, right? You can put the different palm swells for however you want it and however you want to build your grip on that. That's made a big difference. It just increases the amount of surface area I can actually get on my grip, both on my weak hand and my strong hand side. Um, the, this grip's a little bit more aggressive than my prior grips I had on there as well. It definitely was a little bit of a learning curve with trying to figure out how much skin I'm willing to give up during practice. Uh, mm -hmm. Now that those calves have formed, um, I really enjoy this grip a lot. Now with that super aggressive grip, do you still put pro grip or like liquid grip to protect your hands? No, I there? never, I never got into it. I mean, we, we, we live in Maine, so it's only hot like three days out of the year. So I never really had to worry that much about pro grip or, uh, you know, having my grip, um, uh, you know, break free, uh, during a stage. Um, so yeah, no, I never really got into the, the pro grip all that much. Um, I did find like when we're going down to like Alabama for nationals or we were just down at dragon's cup, which was hotter than anything, uh, two weekends ago, uh, hands got a little bit wet. Um, I can't remember who it was. I listened to it on a podcast might've been Brennan Conway. Uh, but he uses one of those, um, those little pads that you use for like, uh, the resin pads for bowling. Mm -hmm. So I picked up one of those that worked really well, actually. So it's not as nasty as the pro grip getting everywhere, but it's just enough to dry my hands. That worked really well this weekend or two weekends ago. Mm -hmm. That is pretty cool. I, yeah, I, re I remember someone talking about that. So it might've been Brennan, but yeah, it's super handy. You don't have to get all the schmutz everywhere, I guess. No, right. I think Jay I mean, uses goat minerals. So that might be something that he can market too. It's a, there's a, there's a very fine combination between pro grip and goat minerals that he utilizes. It's uh, it's the secret sauce. I know it is. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the, the tears of baby goats, right? Is that, is that the tears of baby goats, right? Goats. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with them. They're so damn cute. That's mm -hmm. I think kidding season's over by now. Maybe not, but yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a period of time we usually will lose the Beale brothers. It's usually right around this time, and then again during the harvest for blueberries that we won't see them in a match. Yeah. Well, they they got to do some back breaking work breaking them blueberries. They are busy. Yeah, they are busy. It's good that a good thing that Jay can't have any time to gain weight. He just he just burns it all off with everything he does. <laughs> That's 24 inch waist, I think, is where he's at. God, no one makes a belt that small. <laughs> Wait, do they make belts? Do they charge by the inch or are they just one price? Because uh, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be nice, <laughs> right? Just cut it off. So, um, if I remember right, the V2's got a, a steel comp instead of like a titanium comp. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yeah, I believe so. So is that probably why there's more weight nose in the nose then, since it's all steel? Yeah, and then also the frame's a little bit longer too, you see, and the frame's a little bit longer there to throw a little more weight up front too. Oh, there you go. It's, yep. it is, I, I think if I was going to get an Atlas V2, it'd be it'd be a two-ton like that. There, there's just that's something about a two-tone gun. They have, that's the hard chrome. They do have a two-tone as well. Um, and then they have the the all blacked out. My my primary <laughs> is all all blacked out, just the red trigger. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty dope.
Now, what made you want to, uh, what made you decide on the, the Romeo three XL? The sight window. It's huge. It's like a big screen TV looking through there. There's just tons of tons of space. Uh, so I was running the uh, RTS twos prior to this, uh, which was a great dot. I didn't have any problems with it, but um, trying to think who it was. I think it was Mike Pan. He brought his chaos up and he had a, uh, had a, had a uh, 3XL on it and just a sight window is just huge. So I quickly switched there after and that's all I've been running with. Mm -hmm. I will say the nice thing is at least the smart thing that Sig did was make the 3XL and the Romeo 3 Max compatible with RTS2 footprints. Yeah. So anyone, nice. anyone who's already nice. got an RTS2 like bloop, bloop. Yep. Right over. Same footprint. That made it really nice. Yeah, it probably made a lot made a lot of people's decision easy. Yeah. Have you have you not had any issues with the uh the XL? I haven't yet. No, I've had um two, I've had probably five or six of them. Uh, I haven't had to replace or send back any of them. They've been a really good dot for me. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's either hit or miss sometimes. Like I've seen some people who have issues with them or they just die out and then some some just run. Yeah, these are just run for me, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So obviously open wasn't your first division what did you start in uspsa <laughs> i started in limited division um so i think as i mentioned before when i came back from that range that night with my buddy james collins uh one of the owners of uh, trident armory um i decided i wanted a 2011 i uh, didn't really know a whole a whole lot about them at that point um so i bought a sti uh the is it the dvc limited i guess it was um, and like somebody who did a lot of research prior to spending that much money, uh, I bought it nine millimeter for limited division, <clears throat> like all the smart people do. Uh, so I shot limited minor for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, you know, I think it's a great spot to, a great place to start, you know, as opposed to, uh, if you didn't want to shoot production or shoot a striker fired gun or polymer frame gun, um, to be able to just grab nine millimeter ammo off the shelf and run for it. I reloaded all at that point, but um, it was, it wasn't a bad place to start. Obviously it handicaps you immediately right out of the gate. So if you're looking to really do anything within the sport, it makes it tough, but um, yeah, I guess if Nils can do it, anybody can do it. Right. I mean, no, I, I mean, he's the, he's, there's a reason he's Not called the, the athletic giraffe. No, that was an incredible performance. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he just, well, I don't, he, he shot my, he shot major though for low cap nationals or classic nationals that just happened. So mm -hmm. he came home with the W for single stack. Which was cool. Incredible, incredible shooter. Yeah, that was, he's a beast. I, yeah. I'm excited. I get to meet him uh, in July now. So that's kind of exciting. Oh, oh that's cool. Nope. Unfortunately with all my travel plans that have gotten boogered around, I'm a, uh, I'm staffing area five now. So I'll get, okay. to, I'll get to watch some of the great people come through. So that'd be kind of cool. Uh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. But yeah. So, um, so you went with that DVC, um, it was an STI back then. God, it's so weird. Yeah. They changed their name and right. Right. But so you had that and then, then you went straight to open after that. I did. Yeah. And that was with a DVC. O at that point they're open in 38 super comp. Oh, okay. So you've always been a 38 kind of guy then. I have. Yeah. I never shot nine major. That's kind of, at least it makes it easy. You've already had all the stuff. It's not like you had to shoot nine major and then switch over to 38. So, right. Right. No, I always uh, always shot 38 super comp. That's got to make it easy. Now, I'm assuming you each year you probably buy new brass from Starline. I'm assuming, right? I always, yep, yeah. So all my major matches, I'll shoot, uh, I'll shoot brand new brass. So you listen Which to Adam. Hard. You buy right? brand new brass and then you leave brand new brass behind. Yeah, that's the sad part. It is but, sad. sad. But that's that's what Adam says. If you if you really care about your score, you're just gonna buy you know new brass and then leave it on the ground. 
Yep. That's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when I'm used to picking them all up and you see all this shiny 38 super comp brass and the, the reloader in the back of my mind is, is saying, just walk away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're uh you're an open M still. Uh, yep. Is the, is the push to GM there or is it just going to happen when it happens? I think it's going to happen when it happens. Yeah. I think uh, I, I'm not as focused on, on shooting a classifier score anymore. Uh, I, I look at it just like any other stage. So I would, I would much prefer to make GM through, through a match bump may happen. Uh, I hope that it happens at some point, but I'm no longer really focused on, you know, making GM and then placing it the, you know, the last GM at a, at a nationals. Um, I want to place where I, where I place uh, with, and with what I've earned. Um, so I haven't really been as focused on making uh, GM uh, through the classified classification system quite as much. Um, obviously there's always that drive. There's always that, that thought in the back of the mind, but that is not my main focus at all. I want to, I want to score well at matches. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, you could match bump at your own match, right? Is that the plan? That's really uh, potentially, potentially. There's going to be some heat there, but uh, yeah, if I could pull a Chris Gelnet and get a match bump, that would be pretty phenomenal. Yeah, that's the hard. That's the really hard one to get too. Going that is a huge one, but that is, I mean, what an accomplishment though, right? To be able to say that you did that at a match, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and then then have to go to nationals like the next week and be like, oh, I, I guess I'm like a week and a half turnaround. Yeah, I guess I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to go compete against all the GMs. Yeah, well, he he rose to the occasion. Yeah, that's true too. So when you're um. When you're uh, training them, are you what once a week live fire more than that? The ideal goal I'd like to get once a week. I say I would average probably you know once every week and a half would probably be more realistic for what I'm doing. The range is not far. It's just all the other um, uh, all the other requirements and uh, obligations I have with uh, with the kiddos and, and and their extracurricular stuff that they do as well. I want to make sure I'm a part of that. So I was trying to balance everything. Uh, obviously the mornings are are out. I leave you know five days a week for that. So the mornings are out. Um, so the time that I have is, uh, after the kids go to bed around eight o'clock or so, and still want to be able to balance and have some time to spend with my, with my wife. Um, so I dry fire, uh, five days a week religiously. Uh, that is part of my, my, my routine. Um, I get about 35 to 40 minutes of dry fire in Monday through Friday. Uh, if I miss Friday, then I'll pick it up on the weekends. Um, thankfully now this, you know, this time of year in Maine, it's, uh, we're starting to shoot some outdoor matches, which is nice. So usually trying to get at least two locals in uh, a month. Um, and then probably averaging a major every other month, uh, at this point. So live fire is probably every week and a half on average. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you're, I'm assuming you're using your live fire to, to confirm your dry fire. Yeah. Yeah. I think to confirm what I'm doing in dry fire and to make sure that what I'm actually practicing in dry fire is carrying over and that I have reproducibility for what I'm, I think I'm going to be accomplishing in dry fire um, and, and, and focusing on if there were opportunities from a recent match that I had um, having a schedule, having a game plan in place to make that a, a, a more of a, um, a skill. Mm -hmm. Uh, through dry fire and then again honing that in on live fire making sure that's 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 paying dividends mm -hmm. yeah and that's a lot of people will see that too if they if they did what they you know just go to the range go confirm what you did in dry fire not necessarily do reloads in live fire because that's kind of silly but you know be able to test make sure your grip's good all that shit um as you are a fitness nut or a health nut well i mean we'll call you a fitness nut because you're always lifting um what does your match day nutrition look like so I don't usually change a whole lot on match day. Um, usually, like if we're traveling, <clears throat> we were just down in Dragon's Cup here a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's usually going to be some type of like a complex carb that I'll start the day with. Um, so I usually do like some overnight oats or like uh, mush that, you, you know, um, 
that the company mush it's uh it's overnight oats so you can get right at the grocery store that that works really well uh and then i'll usually have some some low sugar greek yogurt with some granola and uh, some type of fruit on top of that um usually have a, a protein shake and then maybe like a an egg white omelet uh, as well so i eat, eat a fair bit at uh, at breakfast but that's that's consistent that's not a change i'm not eating more i'm not eating less on match day um and then um, like, especially with going from Maine weather where we still had the heat on at night to Dragon's Cup that was 104 degrees, like that was something I was planning for the week in advance, knowing that hydration was going to be something that I would be battling with and, and most competitors were. Um, I ramped up my hydration quite a bit the week leading up. Um, usually try to get up 140, 160 ounces of water in a day. Um, and uh, yeah, I was closer to probably like 180 or even more than that um, the week before. Um, and then just hitting electrolytes as well. So when I'm on the, when I'm at a match, uh, I don't really eat anything big, but I'm snacking consistently throughout. Uh, so I'll usually bring another, um, another protein shake, another yogurt, some fruits some some type of mixed nuts or something like that. Some granola bars or, uh, you know, cliff bars or Luna bars or something like that. I don't eat anything big, but I'm constantly eating just so I'm never getting that, that feeling of being hungry. Mm -hmm. Um, and then hydration is a huge one because you can, you can take yourself out of a match pretty quick if you get behind on that. Yeah. And I bet a lot of people did a dragon's cup. Even it the was, people it was tough to see. Yeah. It was tough to see. I know there was a couple of uh, volunteers that had to kind of uh, take a step back or, or, or back out for that day. Uh, it's a lot that we ask on the RO. So we're, you know, incredibly appreciative. They put themselves through that and are there to staff and make the match happen. But that Texas heat was no joke. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to have at least at least one, if not two, bottles of water every single stage, um, and then I did a couple of the um, um, liquid IV hydration. Um, usually bring those to a match as well. Those are those are good to have on hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even the Texas people, they were falling out. Yeah, <laughs> and was, they're used to I don't know how they do it. I, I couldn't handle that. Yeah, you you used to that cold Maine weather. Know, right? I'll take that any day. Exactly. Now, how do you? talking about hydration for even me myself in general, like I'm terrible about hydrating. I mean, I'll get some water in, but I'm either a chugger or like, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do you recommend people stay hydrated even on a normal day? I think it makes it hard to just, if, if you're going, you know, 30, 40 minutes and then trying to chug down through 16, 20, 40, 24 ounces or whatever, uh, just cause you're going to get a little bit of like gastric bloat too. That's going to probably slow you down or make you feel a little bit nauseous. So I'm probably following that camp as well. You know, if I'm going to have a drink of water, I'm going to get probably 10, 12 ounces to a time. I'm not going to just take little sips, but um, in that setting, when I'm trying to get so much down throughout the match, I would say that, uh, you know, after I shoot, I'm going to chug probably 12 ounces, 16 ounces, and then leading up to, uh, you know, probably four people to go, I will, uh, I'll just start taking little sips. So I'm not, I'm not having that big, that big load there. Mm -hmm. or the urge to oh it's i have to shoot now i have to piss now i gotta take a break time out yeah it's like oh i'm the next shooter uh can, can you wait yeah. <laughs> i mean at least we're not females and not have to take the whole belt off to go to the bathroom truth that's truth god was looking out for us on one thing exactly now let's talk about dragon's cup a little bit because it's the big talk of the town so what it did is, you think of the whole match in general before we talk in specific stages it was unbelievable i had a so i didn't get a chance to make it last year obviously the hype of it uh leading from last year into this year uh it's kind of the premier match in in the country and i was excited to be able to uh, partake in it this year uh it definitely lived up to the reputation um they did a heck of a job it uh was you know easy to get to um 
but I thought it went really, really smoothly. Uh, I think having the option for AM, PM or shooting all day format, um, or I guess AM, AM rather on two separate days, um, uh, having that format was really nice, especially for the people that are not used to the heat. I don't think I could have pulled off shooting 12 stages in just one day. I mean, it was, it was late days for the guys and, and girls out there. There were these probably six, six 30 or after they were finishing up. So, I mean, you're talking 12, 13, you know, 12 hour day or so, uh, for a lot of people, it was, uh, it was tough in the Texas heat. So I did, uh, AM, AM on Saturday and Sunday. And I think that was a, for me anyway, the best way to split it up. Mm -hmm. yeah well it didn't get too outrageously hot while you were shooting but still hot enough yeah yeah you were definitely starting to feel it but it was nice that you only had maybe one or two more stages left today mm -hmm. exactly now uh did you did you guys have to reset as a uh, squads or did they have little uh reset gremlins they had a little bit of both yeah they had some of the the local um some of the local youth programs that were there for uh the shooting sports um i think they had two stages i want to say at least two stages where it was staff reset. Uh, we were still going down and helping out and pace targets just to let things, uh, you know, things were running smoothly. So, and uh, I have a hard time just standing around too. So I kind of get like, I'll find that my focus won't be there as much if I'm not resetting, you know, I take that as a time to, if there's something I need to take another look at or rehone something while I'm visualizing, I can, I can utilize that time as well. So um, I like to reset, you know, I guess. Mm -hmm. I now, were you, were you able to stay for the afterwards, like the awards banquet and whatnot? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We made that a priority. We knew that was going to be another big one. And, uh, they, uh, they set the standard. It was a, a pretty amazing event to say the least. Um, really, really nice venue right at the hotel that everybody stayed at and, uh, tons of food and, and, uh, yeah, they did a really good job. With it. it was fun. That is awesome. That is really awesome to hear. I, cause I only can experience from whatever people put on the internet. So yeah, it so. lived up to reputation. We will definitely be making it next year. That will be, that will make the list every year. Mm -hmm. so then you're going to shoot an all in one day because you'll, you'll go down with team atlas and then have to shoot all in one day <laughs> right, right now do you prefer a one day format or a split format like that i think i mean aside from nationals i think that was the only match that i've ever shot that was a split format um i think weather permitting i, I prefer to shoot in a one day format um but going from what we had for weather here knowing it was going to be at least in the nineties and it was in, you know, 104, I think it hit, um, it would have been, it would have taken a toll for sure. Um, <clears throat> so I'm glad that in this situation, I took the, uh, did the, the, the split days like that. Yeah. That's actually, that's probably a smart decision knowing yeah. where you were coming from. <clears throat> yeah. But any other matches I'd much prefer to just shoot all one day, you know, get into the groove, stay focused and, uh, and be able to maintain that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that one. Now, if you could change anything about your match performance at this match, what would it be? Um, I think just just staying mentally prepared throughout the entire thing, uh, you know, having that set goal. Uh, this year, I'm focusing more on points. So I have the speed that's there, but I've you know, been shooting, not shooting the points that I wanted to shoot. So my goal was to be shooting around 92, 93% of the stage uh, match points um, for the season. I've been staying pretty consistent to that. The times where I might might have varied from that and pushed the speed just a little bit further and didn't allow my you know didn't allow myself to have that visual patience that I needed for whatever the target array was in front of me um, it it cost me so I think when I did waver from that I would pull I might drag off a target or I might drag onto a target and inevitably ended up being you know uh, one of the I think I had four or five mics for the for the match 
Um, <clears throat> so that would be the difference, just maintaining that visual patience, maintaining that focus, having a, 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 you know, a finite spot on the target and really not breaking that shot until I'm confident that my dots within an acceptable area. Mm -hmm. And five, five mics ain't terrible at all. Like I've seen, there's a lot more people with a lot more mics from this match. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's just, you know, there's just a couple of things that uh, I'd, I'd thrown a new, um, a new uh, extended mag release on there, the same one that I'd run on my my STI, uh, excuse me, my Infinities rather. Um, so I threw that on there. <clears throat> and I think with the the half step panel on the weekend side, it was just enough to throw the grip off. So I'd actually I dropped two mags during a stage as well. Uh, so that thing, I took that off immediately when I got back home. Um, mm -hmm. So that was that was a learning point, obviously. Uh, it, foolish decision to change something with my gear just before going but i made the assumption that <clears throat> it had been the same extended mag uh, release that i'd been running for two years two and a half years obviously on a different uh, on a different gun i shouldn't have made that assumption so so well, you're not so now you're not running any button you're just running the i am not running any button on it now yeah gotcha. so. i think that's definitely a big personal preference too right if people want a button or not want a button yeah, I think so. I mean, I think even with the extended the, the the extended mag release button on there, I was still having to I have to shift my grip just a little bit to to make to to be able to release the mag, and it didn't really change all that much having that on there to to increase that risk that I might bump it like I did. You know, once okay, maybe it was a fluke, but twice in a match, it was just it, I'm not going back to that for sure. Yeah, no, I would. Risk. Yeah, not definitely not worth the risk at that point. <clears throat> so all right, we talked about dragon, so that's pretty exciting. I mean. I'd love to be able to make it do it next year. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you have to. I think we, you know, as as a match director and and, and trying to plan a, a premier match for the uh, for the country as well, um, took a lot away from it. Uh, they did a, a fantastic job, especially for being just their second year. Uh, kudos to them. They they really ran a, a well a well run match. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that. What did you do now as a match director? What did you take away from this match that's going to help you enhance your match? I think just the, the the match flow. I think it went really really well. I didn't see any backups. Um, they utilized their ROs well. They utilized <clears throat> the reset well as well. Uh, also, um, I think one of the things that we took away last year is that we had one standard stage that abutted against a stage that was a low round count, it was a medium field course, but we had a lot of activators on there, and that was an opportunity to get backed up. So that was something that we had definitely learned from last year. I think it kind of reinforced that fact this year just planning each your stages so that even if we try to have a good balance between short, medium and long courses, but you still need to balance them out, whether it be, you know, adding a, an activator, you know, a lot more movement or something like that on a medium course to, to make up for the time difference that it might take to shoot a full field course um, mm -hmm. or, or adding in an extra string on a short course. Um, so something we learned. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to ask. Now I'm remembering. So. How have your um, USPSA intro classes been going up in Maine? They've been great. We have done uh, three of them, I believe. So it was another one of those things that we, it was a niche that we saw that was an opportunity to, to be able to help, to get more people into the sport, but also to get the people that are coming to their first match a little bit more information. Um, I remember going to my first match, as I'm sure we all do, that it can be intimidating. There's, there's a lot of rules. You don't necessarily know what the format is and what to expect. And, <clears throat> you know, people are going to be watching you and what does that mean? And so there's a lot of things that go into it uh, prior to going to your first match that you really can't necessarily prepare for. So we saw the opportunity to have this introduction class. Um, our first class, I think we had 13 people. Um, we spent about three hours 
going through the rules in a kind of a classroom didactic format um, and, and covering everything, you know, the rules and scoring and gear and going through all of that. And then we spend the other half of the day actually on the range. <coughs> Excuse me. There's obviously a wide array of people that are coming into the sport. So not knowing what their skill set may be, um, we spend another probably 90 minutes on the range dry firing, going through draws, going through reloads, going through movement, um, going through target acquisitions and transitions with no live ammo. That way we can take that piece right out of it. Um, and that's worked really well. And then we spend the last little bit, um, start with some group shooting just to get people acclimated to their gun firing and controlling their gun. <coughs> um, and then we spend the, the, the last half of the afternoon um, running through stages and actually a, a small match. So that gets them the opportunity to be able to see how are things scored, how is it pasted and uh, reset, and then also how to, to help, help with the tablet and RO. So mm -hmm. it worked really well. We've had, uh, had three of them now. And um, I would say that half of each class are people that are regularly attending the locals now. Well, that's awesome to hear. And that's good that you're getting new <clears throat> shooters or returning shooters instead of just losing people into the sport, you know, who get intimidated by it. But yeah, worked out well. It's been fun. Mm -hmm. Now, how many do you still plan to do the rest this year? Uh, we are done for this year. Uh, we might pick them up again in probably like November or December, but our match season and our benefit match, uh, that's our, our main priority. So we kind of put that on the back burner for now. Fair enough. Yeah, you yeah, got a lot going on. Because it's ticking. It's We're already at the end of May. You're less than what, two months out? Less than two months out. And now we... <laughs> Are we mad dashing to the end now or are we, uh, or we, we are got everything? No, we are, uh, our planning leading up to this is exactly we're right where we need to be. If not ahead of schedule. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. So, yeah. Now. So you've got all, if you've had your stages designed, you've probably got most of your prize table, you know, your prizes in and whatnot. Are you still waiting on a lot of that? Um, so the, the, the cool thing, I think the cool thing, and many people support that as well, is we, we don't really do a prize table. Um, okay. So everything that we do for our match, 100% of it <clears throat> goes back to the veterans uh, and the nonprofits that we support. So there's not, there's not a big prize table. We do have some, some really cool trophies that are, are made by Targets USA. Uh, Jason Wood does those for us. Um, <clears throat> but uh, there's, there's not a big prize table. Everything that we get from all of our incredible sponsors goes to... Um, our silent auction and our raffle items and uh and you utilize that as an opportunity to raise more money for the veterans mm -hmm. how are we are you looking on task and on on timeline to surpass your donations from uh last year that's a goal yeah i think we're, we're well on there that's all yeah here. so we'd raised fifty-two thousand last year we plan to uh plan to surpass that this year well, yeah, it's been definitely with the nice help of uh, Atlas Gunworks and what I think was that yesterday or today that you released that uh, Mark 7 is also sponsoring the match. Yeah, that's a huge one. So that's another sponsor of mine, Mark 7, uh, this year, uh, invited me onto their shooting team, which has been phenomenal. And um, yeah, I was talking with uh, with Tom and Rick uh, down at Dragon's Cup, and um, they are graciously donating an Apex 10 press. So we'll be raffling that off next month. And is that a all manual press or is that with the <laughs> auto drive? This will be the manual press to start. Okay. Yep. There you go, people. Go get yourself an Apex 10. Absolutely. Best press on the market. Yeah. Especially uh, especially where it gets, what is that? Ten, full, true 10 stations, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've, my, I've got my auto drive. You see it behind me here too. So fully automated. Yep. With everything. Now, how long has it been since you've automated your press? Oh, uh, it's been about a year and a half. Yep. 
now, which I know everyone says they won't go back to pulling the handle after you've auto drafted. Never. That's ridiculous. If someone was looking at getting an auto, like, you know, they're they're a reloader, they reload enough, you know, they pull the handle. At what point do you think it's smart for the shooter to move to an auto drive? I think that's going to vary for everybody. It's what's your time worth? I think that's inevitably what it comes down to. What's your time worth? That's a very John (laughs) Bleager answer. (laughs) Oh, I think it was actually. Now that you say that, I did listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, the less time that I'm out here pulling the handle is either more time with my family or more time on the range. So it allows me to be able to focus on the stuff that really intrigues me and that I want to devote my time to. Um, pulling a handle on a, on a reloading press is not not where my time's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking about, you know, being able to take that time and dry fire, uh, we've had conversations about the double alpha dry fire mags. Yes, we have. And uh, you what? Uh, you still exclusively dry fire with those? The only, only thing I use. I'm still waiting for the 170 to come out though. I know, I know. You'd posted the, I think you'd sent me something here a few months ago. Yeah. And I'm just like, when the hell is this thing coming out? Cause like, I mean, yeah. everyone would have a, everyone would buy one 170. Oh, you have to have it. Yeah. Absolutely would. Yeah. And it's, it's like, come on, Saul Kirsch. Like you tease something like that. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> deliver. Yep. You gotta deliver. Yeah. Now um, I do want to talk a little bit about the Trident match because you know, it's the biggest reason why, you know, everyone wants to come to, to Bangor, Maine. Absolutely. I mean, besides, isn't there a con- there's a concert that weekend too? Isn't there? It's like what Keith Urban. There's two concerts, yeah. That's killing our uh, hotel options right now. Well, people didn't have a- <coughs> people me. didn't have a lot of hotel options really anyway in Bangor, did they? There's quite a few. No, it's it's the price, so it's killing us. Yep. Now, have you with the prices of you know inflation and you know everything going on, have you seen a lot more um, withdrawals lately? We've seen a few, uh, less than anticipated, which I'm happy about. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it may change some people as we, as we move along, if they haven't already booked their hotel, hopefully they were proactive. We were letting people know ahead of time that, uh, hotels may be scarce. So book as quick as you can. Uh, I think many followed that, uh, that recommendation. So hopefully that helps. Um, but there is some camping options too. Pleasant Hill campgrounds, a sponsor of ours, uh, and they're about 10 minutes from the range. So that might be a really good opportunity for people too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, uh, let me, if I remember right, it's a 10 stage match, uh, 12 stage match, 12 stage match. So did you, did you have to add bays for that or were the bays already there? So we, the Hamden rifle and pistol club that's allowed us to be able to host this match. Um, <clears throat> they, um, allowed, they built three more bays two years ago for us. Last year, we had another bay donated uh, and all the work. So that brought us up to eight. And then this year, we got approved. They cleared a big section of land and they are putting in another four bays. We'll have 12 total now. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be very nice. Yep. So no double bays, no nothing, no, none of that shenanigans. No double bays. That's freaking fantastic. So we got 12 awesome stages that have been designed by the Trident team. But everybody, uh, yeah, the, Mark and I and Chris uh, have designed the majority of them, yeah. and then we had Mike Pan design one, and we had Ray Lopez design one, all from Atlas. Yep, that's pretty awesome. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so it's gonna be a match. To, it'll be a match to talk about for this year for sure, because everyone loves it. Um, I'm assuming someone's gonna cover it and get some good videography of the match. And yeah, yeah, we had together. actually we, did, uh, we met with our videographer today, and he's doing a uh, kind of a short documentary on the match too. So it'll be good. Oh, that'll be awesome to see when that finally comes out. 
So yeah, you've got plenty. You still have some slots. It looks like was like 35, 36 slots. It looks I think like there's still some. Yeah. Yep. For so Sunday mostly. Yeah, which is surprising. Most people want to shoot on a Sunday. Our match it tends to be Saturday. Really? Hmm. Our Saturday filled up very quickly. Maybe I guess it's probably the more local people who can drive up on a Friday night, you know, shoot the match on Saturday and then go home, right? Yep. That that definitely is that definitely does have an appeal if you're a local person. It certainly does. So that's awesome. So you're working on that. Um, you've got awesome sponsors. Um, you want to go through those sponsors of the match? <laughs> you have the time for it? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like a four-page list, but it's okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's uh <clears throat> it's growing every day. Just pulling it up real quick. Um, so our stage sponsors, uh, we've got Maine Military Supply, Six Hour, Atlas, McLaughlin Fine Woodworking, uh, Union Street Laundromat and Pleasant Hill Campground are splitting one. <clears throat> CW Martin Concrete, these are all local sponsors. Uh, Steadfast Holsters and the Summit Project, that's one of the nonprofits from last year. Outdoor Dynamics, Targets USA, <coughs> Lindsay Foundation, Hunters HD Gold and uh, Mighty Armory are our stage sponsors. Um, we are doing multiple different um, levels of sponsorship too. And we have a ton of different sponsors um, for our platinum sponsors, which are a thousand up to 5,000. Um, there's got to be 20 of them already. So we've, we've got uh, just about 50 sponsors at this point. That's um, freaking fantastic. It's been amazing. So yeah, uh, I thank you to everybody that sponsored this match thus far. Uh, you've been instrumental without you guys this would not be happening. Our ability to be able to give 50 or $60,000 to local veterans would not, would not come to fruition. So mm -hmm. we are posting uh, just about every day on all of our social media, uh, Trident Armory shooting team on Facebook, as well as Instagram. Uh, so we, we, every day we post something about one of our sponsors. So please check them out. Please thank our sponsors. Uh, again, without their, their diligence with giving to the shooting community, uh, all these matches would not be possible. Oh, absolutely. And without them, you know, all it just you send them an email, you send them a fate, you know, an Instagram post or whatever, you know, just thanking them. It, it goes a long way. They do. Most of them do see it and they do appreciate it that they know that their their hard effort and their money that they're putting into matches is getting uh, recognized. Right. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, to you, it might be, you know, to some random to them, it might be a range bag, <laughs> but, you know, well, to you it might be a range bag for them. It's a customer. Right. You know, a customer who comes back and, you know. And it's hard, you know, you're never going to find the best price everywhere, but you'll find a good, you know, if you, if you ship fast and you do well and you have good products, people come back. People come back for sure. Trust and believe I know that because it's hard to buy. It's hard to find things some days nowadays. It's like. It is. Yeah. It's high demand. Yep. And if you don't have it, somebody will, and you better pay the price that they want you to pay. But <laughs> that's beside the point. That's, that's things in life. That's, that seems like it'll be gas <clears> nowadays. It's like, yep, you only get one gas station. That's the only one that has gas and you're going to pay whatever they charge. Okay. Six dollars a gallon. Whoa, 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 that's California, maybe. I mean, <laughs> they can keep that inside their uh, <coughs> their land. I have to run super, so it uh, it's it's up there. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's time to get like a an a, a e bike or a, an electric scooter. Walk, uh, get my cardio in. There you go. But then you'd be like tired, and then you wouldn't be able to go like run around at the range. I know, right? And then you got to <clears throat> lift all these walls, and <laughs> it's always rough. Now. Um, we're getting near the end of the show, but I have a couple more questions. Um, what is something that current um, Zach would like to tell past Zach about shooting? Um, I think it comes back to taking the classes too. And then taking not only what you're going to learn in a class, 
but continuing to build on that. You're not going to go away from a class as a B-level shooter and come out of that one or two day class as an M-class shooter. Like you're going to get the bits and pieces to be able to put that into, into training, live fire and dry fire. Um, so I think just having, having a goal um, and, and, and a game plan, not just the goal, but the game plan on how to work towards that goal and how to exceed that goal. Um, so I really focus on both short-term as well as long-term goals to help to propel me. That's awesome. And that's, that's great advice. Everyone should take away from that and be like, be uh, focused on that. Now, I do need to ask the listener questions because if I don't ask the listener questions at some point, someone will give me a nasty Instagram message asking <laughs> why. Um, so from your own teammate, uh, Mark, uh, who has the oh. best beard in USPSA? <laughs> I mean, I got to go with Mark on that one, right? I mean, no, you're I supposed to crush his soul and say yourself. Or Chase. No, you could say I'm Chase. I'm not saying too. that. No, not a chance. Probably Trevor. Trevor's got the best beard in USPSA. Wait, wait his goatee? You, you the can patches. See. In. Yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah, the patches. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor. But uh, we did get one more question for Mr. Chris <clears throat> Galnett, the Mr. Frickin' making freaking GM from freaking Major Match Bump. He's like, how do I grow a sexy beard like that? <laughs> you got to hang out with Mark more. He's got all the secret sauce. Is it because of all the testosterone he pours out of his body? Yep. Yep. We we hijacked Chris's testosterone, split it amongst us. Great, great beards thereafter. There you go. You gotta, you gotta have great beards. Everyone needs a great beard. Yep. Even if you live in Texas or Florida or Arizona, everyone needs a great beard. Absolutely. All right. So let's see. Oh, now we have uh, come to the best part of the show. Um, we gotta plug your sponsors because we gotta pay their bills too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so obviously Trident Armory, <clears throat> first and foremost, they have supported us from day one. Um, they jumped on board five years ago when this all started, uh, and, and I decided that we wanted to kind of make something of it. Um, so all the guys at, at Trident, uh, James and Corey and Jake and Paul, uh, thank you guys for everything and being able to support us throughout all this. Um, and then we picked up Targets USA last year. Jason Wood came from Alaska. <coughs> Excuse me came to Alaska to help us set up for the match. Uh, he was running a bulldozer for us, an excavator to help set up the bays the day before. So that's been huge to have Targets USA. Um, this year, it's been another whirlwind tour. I had Mark 7 uh, reloading, reach out, and I joined their shooting team, Hunter's HD Gold, um, and then most recently is Atlas Gunworks. Uh, it has been a, uh, a very humbling year, and I'm excited to see what we can accomplish this year with all these people backing us. That is pretty fantastic, and it's awesome mm -hmm. to see those companies backing you and uh, giving you some support where, uh, you know, you're just an average guy who's shooting. So it makes it really cool. And you're putting on a great cause. Doing. People, people want to be involved with it for sure. Exactly. And I'm jealous because you all have matching team targets, USA shorts, and I don't have a pair yet. <laughs> I'm like, as I noticed a picture, I'm like, I want those shorts. They sweet. Yeah, yeah. They're nice. I mean, I bet JB would even wear them. He would. I think uh, he's got some actually he's got some. Jason, I know you're going to listen to this, buddy. I mean, I, I need a hat and some shorts. We sent him out. We uh, we bought the shorts. We sent him out to uh, to Alaska. His brother actually does all the embroidery. Oh yeah, from a uh, Alaskan spirit wear. Spirit wear, I believe it is. Yep. Yeah, I have uh, one of his hats. I think what was it a Tim Heron hat that's made from them. So oh, nice. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's awesome. It's awesome to see the match going to be successful again, and hopefully we bust over that. What'd you say, fifty-two thousand? We had 52,000 last year. We're going to crush it this year. Yeah, let's crush it. We'll go to 75. Mm -hmm. 
Go, go, go for the moon, right? So we've, we've doubled each year. I'm not sure if we can pull it off this year, but we have doubled the last uh, three years. Anything better than 52 this year, even with all the, the adversity in the economy and whatnot, would be freaking awesome. Oh, we're going to do it. Exactly. So, guys, if you still if you, if you want to go shoot the match, uh, when is the match for people who it, don't know? It's uh, July 22nd through 24th. Yeah, so the end of July 22nd through the 24th, go shoot the match if you can. Uh, there's still slots open on Sunday, maybe a few on Saturday when I look down the yeah, time right of this recording. So, yep, yeah, go go get on some squads, um, shoot the match, have a great time. Um, go bother Mark, Chris, or uh, Zach uh, if you see him on the range. Please do. Um, tell them, think, you know, you know, they do this, you know, they do a lot of effort and put a lot of work into this. So it's, it's more than a year round process, right? You know, you're already thinking of next year before this year's even over. So we are, we are. So go in, uh, go support those sponsors who help this awesome match, uh, get, get on the ground. Um, they definitely uh, deserve your support since they support the sport and a great cause. Um, oh, I, I guess I'm forgetting something, but oh, Zach, where can they find you? Uh, on Facebook as well as Instagram at uh, Trident Armory Shooting Team. Yep. So go hit them up, uh, tag them in their stuff. Uh, you, do. Can, you can probably buy a, I don't know, can you get a cool hat? Still, <laughs> still available. We got yep. mugs. We got so go, go buy a hat. hats. See, now, you're, now I need a cup because this is a problem. Yeah. So uh, buy a fancy cup. It's really cool. It's got <laughs> Atlas's logo on it if anybody actually cares, but at least it's, it does. it's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, at least it's not like the whole hat, but it's okay. <laughs> but I did, but I didn't buy an Atlas hat. I bought a Trident Armory hat. It's two for exactly. So, so guys, go go support them. Uh, go support the match if you can. Uh, it'll be a great time. But Zach, do you have any final words for the listeners? No, I just really appreciate all the support. Um, <clears throat> the more people that we get following our pages, uh, the more it helps our sponsors as well, giving back to us so that we can give back to them. Uh, so yeah, please support us what we're doing. We've got many different raffles still coming up. Uh, you don't have to be in Maine to win it, uh, especially this, uh, this Apex 10 for Mark 7 Press. It's going to be a huge one. So follow us. That will be coming out on, uh, on June 1st. Oh, that'll be awesome. So go ahead and uh, listen to that, guys, and uh, get on those raffles because you can win stuff too. But- Absolutely. Thank you, Zach, for coming on. It's been a blast. It's actually been really fun to have you back on. I mean, you're the only second person who's come back on. Hey, breaking the records. Exactly. So thank you for coming on. It's been a blast. And listeners, thank you for checking this out. Until next time, get out and do the things. And I'll see you on the next one.